So Caleb Williams has a 28 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. Why isn't he getting any more Heisman hype? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, as a reminder, we are always free, and I always like to remind everybody, thank you for coming along for the ride. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done so already, uh, hit that red subscribe button. It means a lot, and to those of you who have, thank you so much. As again, it means a lot. All right, so... I asked the question, why isn't Caleb Williams getting more Heisman love? I mean, 28 touchdowns, one interception through nine games. Um, There isn't, there has not been another quarterback in the history of the FBS um, that has gone through their first nine games with that type of uh, touchdown to interception ratio. Never. 28 touchdowns, one interception. Now, you know, a lot of the a lot of Heisman hype comes from uh, the sports information departments, athletic departments at the universities to kind of get that promotion going, get that hype out there. Um, but you know, let's just you know be honest about how things have gone so far for Caleb in his first season as USC's starting quarterback. Um, he hasn't had a Heisman moment yet. He has, you know. There, there's been, you know, they had their marquee game. I guess they've had two marquee games. Uh, the one on the road at Oregon State. Uh, they've been in and out of the top 25. And then we know they lost by one point on the road to Utah. Uh, everyone kind of, it, beginning of the year, everyone anticipated that would be the, you know, the one loss. You would say, all right, if you're going to pick one for sure, it's going to be at Utah. Well, it happened. People were right. If they uh, they chose that game, um, but and, and while Caleb had a a good game, if you know, usually in order to have be be considered a Heisman moment, uh, you got to win the game. And uh, while he did everything he could, uh, it just wasn't meant to be. Now, with that said, um, he still has plenty of time this year to have those Heisman moments. Um, I, I know the comparison is real loose, and so kind of follow along as I, I go through the story here. But you know, Pete Carroll, you know, he had a he had a year to nurture his uh, his six and six two thousand one season uh, into a two thousand two um, Orange Bowl bid with Carson Palmer at quarterback both years. In two thousand two, when USC went to the that season that they uh, earned a bid to the Orange Bowl. Uh, Carson Palmer won the Heisman Trophy. USC had two losses that year. Right now, USC only has one loss that we've already spoken about. So Lincoln Riley has already, you know, he's got to put this USC team and and Caleb Williams into, into, I guess you'd call it a hyperdrive 
last year, everyone knows, USC was 4-8. and eight. And Lincoln Riley didn't have that, uh, that honeymoon season to, you know, nurture his team and to rebuild the culture and bring in his own players. He did that now. I mean, yeah, he has the advantage of the transfer portal. P. Carroll didn't have that. Um, and Lincoln Riley also has the advantage of, you know, being a college football head coach and being one of those hot commodities where P. Carroll was, you know, he came in and he begged for the job. So, uh, it, it, like I said, it's a loose comparison, but um, the, the, the the drawing point I'm trying to draw, that I'm trying to connect the dots here is 2002 USC had two losses and uh, Carson Palmer won the Heisman because he had some big moments down the stretch, notably UCLA and Notre Dame. So as of right now, who would you put, you know, the leader, as far as the quarterbacks around the country, who would you put ahead of Caleb Williams as far as the Heisman frontrunner? Um, you know, what about Tennessee's Hendon Hooker? He's had a really good season so far, put some really big numbers. Uh, he did up until he played Georgia. So are you going to hold that against him, or does he get to keep that Alabama game in his back pocket and say, hey, you know what? Beat Alabama, well, so did LSU. Um, and LSU, they are getting better as the season goes along. They've got two losses also this year. Uh, what about uh, Ohio State's C.J. Stroud? I mean, he's putting up monster numbers over there in, in Columbus. Um, and he's done it against what have been, are, were considered good defenses, Iowa, Penn State. Um, now, notwithstanding, he had a terrible game this past weekend against Northwestern. Uh, 10 completions for 25, 26 passing attempts, less than 100 yards through the air. Now, granted, I understand it was a, uh, the wind was blowing, but still, 10 completions, less than 100 yards. Ouch. Uh, but, you know, I would assume he's probably still going to get an invitation to New York. He has a chance to uh, solidify his spot with a big win uh, against, you know, they got a couple more games before uh, before Michigan. And then, you know, what about last year's winner, Bryce Young, right? He's done everything possible to help Alabama win this year. Um, and if you look at his numbers, they're probably better than last year's when he won the Heisman. But two losses is two losses, uh, Tennessee, LSU. Do you hold that against him, though? I mean... Alabama's not as they're not your typical Nick Saban Alabama team this year, but Bryce Young is doing everything possible. So, what about Max Dugan, TCU? I mean, still undefeated, right? Uh, we'll see if he's got his Heisman moments with uh, Texas and Baylor. And then uh, there's some dude up in Oregon named Bo Nix. You know, is is he still? Uh, I, actually, I think he's getting more Heisman hype than Caleb has. Um, just because of, uh, I don't know, maybe Oregon's turned on their their, their propaganda machine and, and forwarded it to Oregon ahead of time. Granted, you know, uh, Oregon had that nice win against UCLA. So maybe uh, Bo Nix has that one up on Caleb. But again, um, plenty of time for Caleb. UCLA coming up, Notre Dame, he could play against Bo Nix in the conference championship game. You never know. 
Um, so again, as a reminder, just to kind of close the circle on the story, um, the year that Carson Palmer won the Heisman in 2002, they went to the Orange Bowl that year. Uh, those two losses happened on the road at Washington State and earlier in the year before that at Kansas State. Um, I, I believe the Washington State loss was an overtime by a field goal, and the game against Kansas State was uh, BMW. Mike Williams could not catch a cold that day. He had so many drop passes. It was just a really ugly game full of turnovers. I think the USC lost by six or seven, something like that. Uh, nevertheless, uh, the way Carson played down the stretch in 2002, putting up big numbers uh, against uh, you know his biggest rivals is what got him the attention, got the looks. And USC turned up their propaganda machine as well as the, the national media was paying attention. I mean, against UCLA, 200, over 250 yards, uh, four touchdowns through the air. And then against Notre Dame, uh, 425 passing yards, which I, at the time, and I don't know, if, I don't think it still is, but at least at the time, was the most ever by a Notre Dame opponent. Uh, Carson also had four touchdown passes in that game. Uh, you might remember him doing some uh, helicoptering in the air, trying to run for touchdowns. I mean, he Carson put on a show. People don't re remember or might, might not remember. Carson was a very athletic guy back in his day before injuries started knocking him down a little bit. So if Caleb puts up those type of big numbers starting Friday against Colorado and then UCLA and against Notre Dame, uh, and both of those teams are playing well, and they're both going to be nationally ranked. It's just a question of, you know, how high when USC plays them. Um, you know, Caleb already, he already has the numbers now for a trip to New York, but if he can build on that, uh, hey, like I said, you know, stats aren't everything. Uh, he still has, you know, but he still has time to, you know, to build the eyeball resume against quality opponents. Whether UCLA, Notre Dame, defensively or quality, we know Colorado isn't. Uh, they are UCLA and Notre Dame are nationally relevant because of their records and because of their ranking. And um, you know that's when you're probably going to see the big push with a Caleb for Heisman uh, campaign. So I'm going to look Caleb and USC's defense. You know, there there's so much more upside despite all the doubters and all the haters that are out there. I'm talking about the defense. So I'm going to talk about USC's defensive upside in the next segment, which is brought to you by Upside, uh, because inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back. Um, you know, I only drive when absolutely necessary because gas prices in California are, are just stupid high. Uh, you know, you hear about people talking about prices dropping across the country not California. So whether it's driving less, dining out less, or buying less from the grocery store, we can all agree that there's nothing fun about the word less. Uh, that's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase. Now you won't have to cut back because you can earn cash back on essentials like gas, groceries, and dining out like I do. So here's what you do, how to get started. Download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, 
and you're going to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside, check in at the business, pay as usual with their credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Users, excuse me, Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So here's what you do to get started. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 cash back on your first purchase of $10 more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. So once again, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen. But don't forget to make uh, Locked on Sports your second listen today. Games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So as I was saying, to, to say that USC's defense has been maligned uh, lately, <laughs> uh, that would be an accurate statement. Uh, the fans and the media, yes, I'm looking right at myself, uh, you know, we're quick to point out the Trojan defense. You know, they've been uh, they've been making these games more difficult than they need to be. And I don't think anybody would disagree, including Lincoln Riley, including the players, including Alex Grinch, who's in charge of the defense. Let you know, let's just be real, call it for what it is. Uh, earlier in the year, the defense um, they were serviceable, they were opportunistic. Uh, so. They just have to get back to that level. Um, the defense, look, they, they, there's still a lot of upside uh, in its immediate future, which is starting this weekend and as well as for the, reg- the rest of the regular season and hopefully into the postseason. Um, because, it, it, number one, because we're getting a few players back from injury, but also because recruiting and what's waiting in the wings, you know, on the sidelines, guys who uh, aren't ready now, but are going to hopefully going to continue to develop. Um, As far as the immediate future is concerned, middle linebacker Eric Gentry will be back soon. Uh, Whether that's Colorado soon, uh, I'm not sure uh, because uh, nobody is sure when it comes to USC injuries, but he will be back for the final two regular season games. You can can bet on that. Uh, against Utah, uh, when he hopped back on to the field, um, he, he showed why, you know, he makes a difference just from a leadership standpoint. Um, but his absence on the field is making a big difference too. And it, it it's, it's not that so much when he's not even making a play, it's just it's like his length over the middle against in the passing game. Quarterbacks now have to alter their 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 passing their throwing trajectory because of his length. You know the seam. Uh, you, it's not like you've got and this isn't meant to be a put down, but it's not like you have Shane Lee in the middle who isn't as tall as a what six foot six Eric Gentry, and Eric Gentry has what I call um, knuckle dragger arms. 
if you're familiar with, with snowboarding, those guys drag their knuckles to kind of guide themselves. And Eric Gentry has really long arms. So not only with his height, but with his arm extension, it causes problems for quarterbacks trying to throw over the middle, down the seam, um, or if he's covering in the flat even. Uh, he's proven that uh, he's dangerous playing pass in, in the pass defense. Um, he's a difference maker. His physicality against the run. So getting Eric back is going to make a difference. Um, Raylan Goforth, you know, he's not going to make any All-American teams, uh, but his return is going to be welcomed, uh, if anything, just to, you know, to help with the depth of the linebacker spot. You can't ask um, Shane Lee and, and Tua C.V. Nomura to, you know, to, to run 40, 50 plays uh, in the Pac-12, especially against passing offenses. You get worn down. So you need these guys back just to help with rotation, um, but also because of what they bring to the field. You know, like I said, what Eric Gentry did against Utah, hopping back on the field, trying to motivate and get those guys fired up, that works right there in the moment. But when he's on the sideline re rehabbing, recovering from an injury, those, those words of encouragement when he's on the bench trying to get his guys fired up, it only goes so far when you're not in uniform. It's a, it's it's a psychological thing for anybody who's played sports. You understand what I'm talking about. You're you're here, your teammate, and you're you're trying to, but at the same time, you know Eric knows that you can only when you can't lead by example. Uh, it's not that the words fall on deaf ears; they just they're they're not as poignant, I guess. So, um, hopefully, the USC opportunistic defense. Uh, that we saw through what the first six games uh, is getting ready to come back. We we saw last week Caleb Will, you know Caleb Bullock had another interception. Now, what's his third of the year? Um, that that's always a good sign. Tuli uh, had a couple of sacks. He now leads the country with nine. I mentioned this on our last episode, uh, but he's also fourth in the nation. Uh, in tackles for loss, he's just under two per game. Right? One point seven, I think, is the official stat. And you can, you know, he should add to those numbers against Colorado. Uh, which you know, the more times you get back there and you're making plays, the more confidence you have. So that'll carry over, and the defense should build off of that as well, right? Uh, we talk about momentum and and feeding off of each other. Uh, so again as we get the playmakers back and those playmakers start to make plays, uh, hopefully that domino effect in the immediate future um, starts to pay, starts to pay dividends. So, uh, <clears throat> I, I, again, and I'm not sure, you know, how much Gentry and, and go forth are, are going to affect the, the past defenses productivity, you know, as far as the secondary is concerned, um, you know, we can get into the, like I said, I started to touch on the, the nuance and the how Eric can affect passing lanes. Um, but, you know, just having more speed on the field with Eric and with and with with Raylan also helps uh, the defense immediately. Um, again, Shane and and, and, and CV are, are great physical presences that will lay the hurt on you, uh, but they're not the most fleet of foot. They're just not. Uh, Raylan and Eric are, are quicker. 
They're not speed merchants by any stretch of the imagination, but they're faster. Uh, another, you know, Colorado is, they shouldn't be a challenge offensively for, for this USC defense. Again, I said shouldn't be because, again, Cal shouldn't have been either. And they were. But, you know, let's look for some sort of common denominator, not trying to lay all the blame at, their, at the feet of attrition and injuries. Nevertheless, um, you've you got to take that into consideration. Um, no, UCLA and Notre Dame, again, two more reasons why USC's defense might st hopefully start to look better. Those two teams love to run the ball. And while, you know, USC hasn't been great uh, against the run, they're, they're better against the run than they are against the pass. So um, if, if they can focus on stopping what UCLA and Notre Dame want to do, uh, hopefully that'll take some of the pressure off the pass defense as well. Because again, as I mentioned lately, USC has been getting hurt more through the air than they are against the run. Uh, as, as far as, you know, the future down the road is concerned, um, you know, you got Zion Branch who's waiting in the wings to play. He's ready to play. I mean, I don't know if anybody's aware of this, and I probably should have put this in one of my notes and observations reports. Uh, he suits up to play every game, every home game. He's in uniform. Uh, for him, it's just for it's a psychological thing how he gets involved in the game, even though he's not going to play or can't play this year. Um, but anybody who's seen film clips of Zion Branch in high school and who've seen him up close and personal this year, he's college ready, and he's he's a difference maker, and he will play a lot. Um, and who knows, he might even play this postseason, depending on if he's medical, medically cleared, because it won't affect his red shirt. Uh, Damani Jackson, cornerback. Uh, will he be healthy? And He should be healthy next year, um, we all hope. Um, is he going to be back this year? I don't know. Uh, again, we get such, such minimal information when it comes to injury report. And we see even less during practice. Um, we we only hope that you know Damani can start contributing again this year. The few times that we have seen him, both in run support and in the passing game, uh, he shows that he's ready to play. He can, he can make it happen at this level. The moment's not too big for him. Again, it's a young secondary. You see, a right will be a year older. Hopefully, you know, bigger, stronger. Uh, Kalen Bullock, Max Williams, Jalen Smith, they'll all be back, older, wiser. And then, you know, the transfer portal is a great place to, you know, pull another Mackay Blackman if uh, if Lincoln Riley thinks that's necessary for the defense. So um, I, I said at the beginning of the year, serviceable was the goal for this USC defense. And they've slipped below that. They just need to get back to that. The offense is going to score points. They just need to get back to, you know, getting those takeaways, getting those big plays, you know, when at the, in the moment, in the red zone, forcing field goals instead of allowing touchdowns in the fourth quarter, if you're going to allow points to be scored at all. Um, I just think the attrition caught up, and and we all knew that, 
this season, USC had zero margin for error uh, when it come when it came to depth, especially on defense. So now they're getting back some of those pieces, like I mentioned, Gentry, Goforth should both be back. Should be back this week. I would. I'll be shocked if they're not back by UCLA. Literally shocked. Um, and you know now the the defense they get to kind of focus in on the prize. It's out there in front of them. They know it. UCLA, Notre Dame. They can't look past Colorado. But um, look, hope isn't a strategy. Uh, but the upside is again. Uh, Gentry is coming back, and his on-the-field leadership means a lot more than his inspirational hopping on the field, trying to fire up his team uh, in the moment. So you can bet on that. And then uh, you can head on over to betonline.net. They're your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. Bet Online, where the game starts. So if you want a sure thing to bet on, um, look, bet on USC to beat Colorado. I am telling you right now, uh, you know, I'm not sure about the whole point spreads thing. I think it was a 31, 34. I've... Head on over to betonline.net. Check it out. You tell me. Uh, I'm not a huge gambler, and I never bet on USC because uh, my heart's involved way too more than my to, than my head is. So... Uh, that's how I balance it out. Don't bet on USC, Mark. Never. Unless it's a sure thing, this might be the game that if I had some uh, spare money laying around, I might do it. I don't, so I won't. But here's some numbers for you uh, wager-friendly people out there. It's going to be a beatdown. Um, USC, number. first of all, take this. USC leads the all-time series versus Colorado 15 to nothing. Um, Colorado's record in Los Angeles is 0-7. Last year when USC was terrible, uh, USC won on the road 37-14. So Colorado wasn't as terrible as they are this year. And USC is much, 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 very, 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 much better than they were last year. Emphasis, three varies. Um, Caleb and Caleb Williams and this offense should tear Ralphie a new one. I mean, shave the fur off the back, send him home, embarrassed, tail between their legs type of a loss. I mean, so far this season, Colorado has four games where they've lost by 30 points or more. I, I hate to say it, but if USC doesn't win by 30 or more, maybe that's why they opened as such a big favorite, you know, betting-wise. Uh, I, I won't consider it a loss. Of, um, but, you know, you've got to set a standard. And if you want to be considered a legitimate 
playoff contender. I know most people think USC doesn't belong in the playoffs. If they're playing a team like Georgia, you're right. Um, but you gotta, you know, you gotta be teams that you're supposed to beat big time because that's what the playoff committee is looking for. And you know, USC is going to need a lot of help to get to that number four spot in the uh, in the playoff selection. Again, they don't have to get to the number one spot. Number the number four spot is the goal uh, this year, and they need some help. You know, teams will lose in front of them, and if USC does their part, uh, it sets up it sets up perfectly for them. I mean, Oregon is number six, and if USC plays Oregon in the conference championship game, and let's say Oregon moves up to the number four, number five by by the time that game rolls around, USC is obviously going to move up as well. I'm just saying. It doesn't mean they bo- they're going to win a playoff game. Not saying that. I'm not saying that they could beat an Alabama. So that last, you know, on the last episode. But that doesn't that that's a different argument altogether than what I'm than what we're talking about right now. So beat Colorado by 30 plus and then let's talk about beating UCLA, talk about beating Notre Dame, rank teams and we'll start exploring the future more. So until then, um, we're at the end of the episode already. There you go, man. Time just rolls by when I'm babbling. Hopefully you're enjoying it, though. And we will have another episode of Locked on USC because we come at you five times a week. And when you're not watching or listening here and you're not checking out the Locked on Sports today, you're heading on over to wersc.com. So until then, everyone, you know what to do.